and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, February 15th. This is episode 144. I'm Dan Ellis. Happy Valentine's Day, Dan Ellis. It's the day after Valentine's Day, but thank you very much. Happy Valentine's yeah, Day yeah, to you. Yeah, but we weren't recording on Valentine's Day. This is true. Where's, where's, where's my Valentine's? Happy uh, Valentine's fine. Day to you, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys, did you guys do anything for Valentine's Day? Hazmat training. Oh, so you were with a girlfriend. No. <laughs> I was at work. Oh, yeah? Yep. Hazmat training on Valentine's Day. Did they give you candy or anything? No. Not uh, even a reach around. It's not, it's not like grade school where you get to pass out Valentine's. No. To your coworkers. Hmm. I opened presents and brought presents home, and that's about it. Fucking trying to go out on Valentine's Day is... Well, that's for the birds. It's <laughs> it's when everybody else is going to try to go out. That's why I don't try to go to dinner on weekends because it's yeah, like every place is full. Tracy gets kind of kind of upset because her birthday is two days before Valentine's uh, Day. Hmm. And so it's really hard to do anything on her birthday usually because it's the week, you know, you'll yeah. try to do it the weekend before her birthday and everything's fucking crowded because... Everybody's trying to get in their Valentine's Day shit, mm-hmm. but we went to dinner and it was fun. Nice thing about being an alcoholic is that you can go to a bar at like 4.30. Mm-hmm. Nobody's there yet. <laughs> Bunch of pussies. <laughs> you get the place to yourself. Don't be pussy. Drink all day. Uh, did you guys do anything for Darwin Day? Uh, no. That was Sunday, right? Yes. Yeah, I was at work that day as well. That's the other thing that bothers her <laughs> is that Darwin Day is her actual birthday. Uh, His birth, she celebrates the same birthday as Charles Darwin. Taking all the, and so, the glory. So because we're both in skeptic and humanist and atheist and whatever else kind of groups, we're usually doing something on her birthday or yeah. right close to it that makes it hard to make other plans. But uh, we did a... Atheists of Utah participated in the Darwin Day at University of Utah with the Humanists of Utah. I saw that. Why don't you just combine them? Combine her birthday and Charles's? Like, yeah, like a Charcy's Snarwin Day. <laughs> <laughs> they really just needed to fight it out. You know, whoever's the fittest gets to have the birthday. That day. <laughs> Dig him up and just punch his bones into oblivion. Um, yeah, it was really cool. They had some great speakers there. Um, a couple of which, well, one of the speakers I'd like to get on the show. Dr. Strong okay, is a professor at the University of Utah. 
but I wanted to get him on the show. And then uh, I believe it was a board member for Humanists of Utah is writing a book on the first atheist, openly atheist governor ah, in uh, the United States. Hmm. That sounded very interesting. This guy's a doctor and he's writing a book and really, really charged up the whole audience when during the Q&A session, you know, they had a meet and greet and different groups tabling. You know, they had yeah. uh, people from the planetarium and the conservationist groups there, atheists of Utah, the humanists, Sunday assembly was there, you know, all of us tabling and mm-hmm. selling our wares and passing out pamphlets and all that kind of stuff. And uh, then they had a Q&A session with a panel of professors from the University of Utah. And they were all, you know, asking questions about evolution and climate change. Uh, the The theme for this year was around climate change. And it was it was a really good discussion but one of the one of the guys who i i want to get on the show who's authoring this book about the governor you know there there had been several questions asked and answered a lot of them because of the political climate that we're in now of course revolved around donald trump and yeah. him appointing to head the EPA somebody who is, has sued the EPA multiple yeah. times who thinks yeah, the climate, climate change is you know is a it, hoax yeah. all that kind of shit and Finally, this this guy that's writing the book, you know, stood up and asked a question, really kind of made more of a mini speech than anything and yeah. was saying, you know, what we need to do is call out a lot of this religious dogmatist bullshit for what it is as being relig- religious dogmatist bullshit where they deny science. They deny anything that doesn't suit their narrative where God's creation can't be damaged by humans and Jesus is going to come back and save us all if anything goes wrong and it's bullshit and it's harmful. And I mean, he went, he went on and on and on and like everybody clapped at the end of his little speech and it was good. He's like, by the way, my name is author, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things that Dr. Strong mentioned uh, that beyond what he does as his day job as a professor, but he mentioned that. In having conversations with his students and with family members, he's come to realize that a lot of the th- a lot of the opinions that they hold regarding religion and politics aren't just fact based. You know, it's it's tied I, up in a lot of emotion. Yeah, I feel and, and becomes part of their identity. Yeah, you know, it's it's the family that they have, the social groups they have, the people they network with and see every day, all of the people they communicate with. It's all intertwined in this world in which they live. And that to just tell them facts isn't really helpful because that doesn't help realign them in their emotional state of fundamentally altering who they are as a person and how they would carry themselves going forward once they're given this information that, you know, completely dis is completely misaligned with anything that they already believe. And so you have to make some sort of emotional appeal to them and, and let them know that, you know, you understand that there's going to be uh, potential issues surrounding them changing their mind on this and that they'll have to then interject themselves into discussions where, you know, just in casual talk, people are denying climate change yeah. and denying all of these things just as a matter of course. And so he said that and, you know, it was all fine and good, but he didn't really provide any examples. So my question to him was, you know, I, I 
really appreciated your answer. I think that was awesome. I think you're absolutely dead on that. We do need to understand that it's not just facts that are going to change somebody's mind. I mean, we see that all the time. Most, most of the time, well, a lot of the time, if not most of the time, we see that just telling somebody facts doesn't do anything to change their mind. And in yeah. fact, a lot of the time, all it does is further embed them and get them more entrenched in what they already want to believe. Yeah. Um, and so I said, you know, knowing that and knowing that we do have to make these emotional appeals, do you have any advice for anybody? And how can we do that? And apparently everybody on the panel liked my question enough that he answered it. And then every person on the oh, panel nice. wanted to take a turn yeah. answering it. So, yeah, it was good. I'd, I'd like to get him on the show. It was it was a good time. Hmm. Yeah, I, I found it funny with uh, the, the Bill Nye, Ken Ham. I think it was one of their talks. Uh, not the debate. I don't think it was a debate. I think it might have been when uh, Bill and I went and visited the Ark, where Ken Ham keeps saying, well, you're going to die anyway, so why do you care what happens after? Well, he's like, because there's other people. But yeah, but you're dead, so why do you care? You're an atheist. You don't care what happens. Fuck everybody else. That's basically what he's saying. Atheists believe just fuck everybody else. And he's like, no, because there's going to be other No, that's gener- exactly what we don't believe. We want to make well, sure no, no, that no, it's no, okay no, for no, everybody That's else. what Ken Ham oh, believes. Oh, I know. I'm, yeah, but I'm just yeah, saying, like, yeah. fuck you, Ken Ham. And I think, but I think that's the, the narrative that needs to come across. You know, people with young children or whatever, it's like, hey, you like having clean drinking water? You like to breathe the air outside? Well, maybe your children would like it too. Do you care about your children, your yeah. grandchildren, their children that will come around one day? Would you like them to be able to see the sun? You want to make sure that they don't have to wear respirators when yeah. they go outside? Like, did you see the movie Total Recall on Mars? It's going to be just like that. <laughs> but I don't think it's even that. It's not that they don't care about their kids. They just don't think that's what's going to happen. But that's where I think that's where they're saying you give them the facts and then give the emotional plea to it. Mm-hmm. Point oh. out the facts that, hey, this is where we're headed if we don't change things. And here's the emotional plea to it. Hmm. Yeah, it was cool. The The guys from the planetarium brought along uh, displays of satellite imagery showing the shrinking of the polar ice caps oh, yeah. and glaciers and everything and basically saying these are the facts you can see for yourself that this is happening yeah. right now. But we're talking about people who look at the world we live in and think still think there's a merciful God. So evidence does not matter. Well, I did see a really good documentary of year or two back where the guy was a climate change denier, but he was a photographer. He's a photographer. He did nature photos and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And he got a photographer, 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 photographer. (laughs) He would go out and find photographers in nature and photograph them taking pictures of bears and stuff. Yeah. He's a photographer, photographer. It's like you being a camera photographer. (laughs) You take pictures of your camera. I do. Yeah. All the time. You're a videographer, videographer. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a photo videographer, agorist, <laughs> and eloquent speaker. Yes, <laughs> I know words. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> or oh, we derailed you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the guy was tasked. Hey, turn with about going fair out. play. <laughs> he was tasked with going out and doing time lapse photographies of uh, the ice caps in different places up in Alaska, even here in the U.S. Like I think there was a spot in Wyoming. In one of the national parks where he was tasked to go take photos over five years to build a camera system that could be solar charged and stay in one spot, not move. So he built these things and he went out and did it. And then when he compiled all the photos over those five years, was looking at it, he's like, holy shit. 
the positions in which I place these cameras don't even record the shit I want to see anymore. Pretty much, he's like, he's so like, far. they have disappeared. Yeah. Then the, the one of the other scientists I was working on it showed him like this is this is where that glacier was 100 years ago. Now here is from five years. How much is gone? And the guy's like, wow. I need to change my mind on the way I was thinking before. And now he goes out and presents these photos and these slides and everything to show people like, look, I was in your seat. I didn't believe this shit until I saw it with my own fucking eyes happening. That's hmm. just temporary. It's a, uh, it's a glitch. It's a blip. Yeah, but there's a temporary part of it where it's like, oh, yeah, they recede. They come back. It's like, yeah, but once they recede so far, they don't ever fucking come back. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think people don't realize. Like, well, it just it melts and freezes all the time. Like, yeah, but there's there gets to be a point where too much melts, and it's gone. And then you get sea rise, and yep. it becomes this heat sink that sucks up all the energy. And well, not to then you've got permafrost the, thawing out and releasing shit tons of methane that compounds the problem. And then you got the plankton in the ocean that dies because the temperature got too warm for them, and they die. Then the little fish die, and the bigger fish die, and the whales die, and then the ocean dies. Meanwhile, then we're all fucked. Once the ocean dies, yeah, we die because then greenhouse gases will be spiraling completely out of control because the planktons in the sea that help clean up greenhouse gases that are already overwhelmed will be gone. And release oxygen. And release oxygen, yeah. There's only, it's only yeah. that one type of plankton in the ocean that, that takes in uh, – doesn't take in meth- methane but takes in CO2. Uh, CO2 and actually scrubs that. And it's one of the biggest scrubbers of CO2 that are – Earth provides. It's a scrubber. It takes it in and it releases a different gas. It converts it to oxygen. So it'll be simultaneously methane increase and oxygen decrease. Yeah. Oxygen output decrease and a methane output increase at the same time. And methane is worse than CO2 because methane is a a bigger molecule, so it refracts more of that UV light back into our atmosphere, not letting it escape back out. So Hmm. it's not good. No. We're all doomed. Doomed, I say. Doomed. Yeah, I prefer to say we're fucked. Mm. Sounds we're food. more eloquent. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move to some news? Okay. Okay. This is Matt Delahunty, and you're listening to the Godless Revolution. The next rant will start right after this. Here follows a public service announcement for the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. (laughs) Greetings, Americans. Over here in London, we are well aware that not all of you are loud, xenophobic, racist, sexist, religious nuts. But many of your politicians who display these frightful traits seem to be quite popular. Particularly a certain wall-obsessed, small-handed, best-word-using, daughter-perving, war-inciting, candy-floss-headed clown. To those of you who choose to follow such balderdash, we strongly recommend not to listen to the two sceptical chaps. It probably won't be your cup of tea. Otherwise, give us a listen. Each episode, we cover any news or current affairs from across the globe. Things that annoy or delight us. That's two, as in the number two. And sceptical with a K. The wrong way to spell it. Cheerio! You can put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. Should I do my deplorable one? Yes, you should do your deplorable one. Okay. 
This is what did we decide that we we're going to be make this an honorable, honorable mention, honorable deplorable because it's old. Um, it's quite old actually, uh, but it only resurfaced recently because the offender in this case is uh, one of Montana's three electoral votes mm. and uh, voted for Trump. Obviously. Nice. Uh, but I still think this is so deplorable that uh, it's worth talking about again. So I'll just I'll just read this quick. Okay. Billings, Montana. A Miles City man in his 90s who cast one of Montana's three electoral college votes has come under fire for his Facebook comments against gay Montanans. Dennis Scranton was outed by the online news site Last Best News for suggesting in a 2010 Facebook conversation that gay people should be hanged. Ah, sounds like a loving Christian. The conversation about gay marriage was reported in the Billings Gazette seven years ago, and it cost former Big Sky Tea Party Association leader Tim Ravendell his chairmanship. As it should. Ravendell was commenting on a Billings Gazette article concerning an American Civil Liberties Union lawsuit about same-sex couples. In the post, he wrote, quote, marriage between a man and a woman, period. No, wait. Marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Between a man and a woman, period. (laughs) It's all one thing. Yep. So for whatever, whatever he means by that, I'm not sure. Well, I just, I was wondering if you thought men also had periods. No. No, no, no. no. It's marriage between a man and And a a woman, woman, period. period. Okay. So you got to wait between her periods. No. A woman, period. That's what the man is marrying is a woman, period. Oh. Mm -hmm. Still lost. (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah. So that's what he says. Marriage is between a man and a woman, period. And Dennis Scranton responded to the Tea Party leader's remark by saying, quote, I think fruits are decorative, hang up where they can be seen and appreciated. Is he talking about his testicles? Oh, he's trying to be clever. I know what he's going for. And then he says this. Call Wyoming for display instruction. Are you fucking kidding me? Making a reference to Matthew Shepard? Yeah. Jesus Christ. fucking low. The Wyoming mention is an apparent reference to Matthew Shepard, a gay university student who was beaten, bound to a fence post, and left for dead outside Laramie in 1998. Oh, my God. Shepard died six days later. That's fucking disgusting. Isn't it deplorable? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And this is the reason why I think even seven years on – is worth an honorable mention for the depl- basket of deplorables because they're still voting for Trump, you know, two m- month ago. So wow. as an electric, has an electoral vote in Montana. So. He's currently a Republican or, mm, or one of the electoral he might votes be dead now. Actually. I don't know. I'll have to look on that, but uh, it's come back up recently just because he, he holds that position. I would not weep his death. I would not mourn. No, I may do a Snoopy dance. What are you looking at, Ryan? Oh, I was looking at the other deplorable for this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What is it? Well, it's from listener Alan uh, Firkinoff. I don't know if we're pronouncing your last name correctly. <laughs> I don't think so. What? I kind of I, I kind kinda... of doubt it. I kind of doubt that that is how you pronounce it. It looks close. Alan Firkinoff. Firkinoff. That's what I said. You said Firkinoff. <laughs> F E R. You did. I said. I thought I said fur. <laughs> I apologize. As we've well established, I read good. Chan- Thank you. Channel your eloquence. <laughs> Thank you for sending this in, Alan. Yeah. Anyways, this guy is out of Oklahoma, and 
he's a lawmaker. Mm-hmm. Women's bodies are mere hosts. Representative Justin Humphrey from Oklahoma is trying to push a bill that would require women who are seeking an abortion to get written permission from her sexual partner. In an interview, he revealed that he views females as mere hosts and that a woman body is not her own. The Supreme Court has already struck down bills that was similar. Uh, let's just read what, what he has to say. Ultimately, Humphrey said, his intent was to let men have a say. I believe one of the breakdowns in our society is that we have excluded the man out of all these types of decisions, which I'm going to break in there for a second, because isn't it men that have made all these decisions that women can't get abortions? Yeah. And he's trying to make more. Yeah. He said, I understand that they feel like that is their body. He said of women, I feel like it is a separate, uh, what I call them is, is you're a host. You're just a cum dumpster. Until you get pregnant, and then you're a baby dumpster. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, when you enter into a relationship, you're going to be that host. And so, you know, if you pre-know that, then take all the precautions and don't get pregnant, he explained. You motherfucker. So How about you don't get her pregnant? Yeah. Why, why isn't it any responsibility of the guy to make sure that he's not passing on his seed to get a woman pregnant? Mm -hmm. You know, condoms or... Motherfucker. Belly buttons. I don't know. So that's what, so that's where I'm at. I'm like, Hey, your body is your body and you're responsible with it. But after you're irresponsible, then don't, then don't claim, well, I can just go and do this with another body when you're the host and you invited that in. Oh, I hope this guy never gets laid for the rest of his life. Like he's, he's just say, he's saying that. Any woman who has sex with him is automatically agreeing that if we have sex and you get pregnant, that's it. Yeah. Not that's it. You're going to you're gonna carry this. And I'm in charge of the decision to say. And I'm a fuckwit. And you yeah. don't want to have kids with me, so we just shouldn't have sex. Well, I wonder what his stance is on- Because I'm a fucking on, moron. On, 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 on rape. On birth control. Well, I was thinking birth control, like contraception. Well, that's like, what I was even, thinking. Not even just condoms, but for women to be on you know, birth control or IUDs or the morning after pill. I bet he ain't for it. I bet he again it. Again it? I bet. I'll bet he is. I bet he tells his wife all the time she's going to get it again. <laughs> what? I, I don't no, know. But, I was trying to <laughs> but when, when, when he said that you have to have uh, written consent from, from the male partner. Yeah. What if, what if the person, what if the woman is raped? Does she have to go yeah. to her rapist yeah. and say, please make it so I don't have to carry your child a term? Or no, no. She's the host. She invited it in. <sighs> or what if it was incestual? Please, and they don't Uncle wanna, Daddy. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so wrong when you said it. Can I have your okay? Well, it sounded wrong before, but it sounds worse. Uh, fuck so, yeah, that guy. Yeah, we're, fuck we're, that guy. We are putting him in the basket of deplorables this week because- the Representative Justin Humphrey of Oklahoma is now firmly in our basket. Yep. Fuck you in your misogynistic religious bullshit. That's fucked up. And thank you, Alan, again for sending that yes. in. Uh, Alan Firkinoff. For fueling my rage gauge. <laughs> oh, and that rage gauge is pegged. Mm. It's pegged. Pegged. Well, it's going to get pegged later, too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, Matt? Oh, more. <laughs> more, more, more. Oh, let me find a good one. This okay. one's labeled more, too. Roy Moore, too. Oh, Return of the ass. <laughs> hmm. This one, I think, is interesting. 
Do you? Clark, New Jersey, the Catholic Youth Organization League recently oh. notified officials at St. John's in Clark, New Jersey, that their fifth grade team should never have been co-ed and their girls would not be permitted to finish the season. What? I, that, that went somewhere I wasn't expecting. No, I was, said, I was expecting you to say. You said Catholic Church and uh-huh. mentioned children. and uh-huh. I was expecting something about Father John being a John. Yeah. It still goes to a predictable place okay. in, in hypocrisy and okay. douchebaggery. Mm. But don't they understand the term co-ed team? Mm. Apparently not. Okay. Uh, St. John's. I just thought it was two Eds. Ah, two Eds. Right. <laughs> Ed and Ed. And Eddie. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> uh, St. John's prior record was forfeited because the girls were technically playing illegally on the boys' team, parents said. The team's lineup has been co-ed for the past four years because there wasn't enough uh, interested girls among the same age group to form their own team. An archdiocese of New York spokesman said Catholic, young, Catholic Youth Organization League rules clearly state that teams should be comprised of boys or girls only. St. John's athletic director, Jack Kajusti, I'm guessing, because I have no idea how that's actually pronounced. Kajusti. <laughs> Look at this guy, can't pronounce names. <laughs> C-A-J-U-S-T-E. Admitted he made a mistake in allowing the team to exist the way it did. However, uh, NewJersey.com found the league rules do not mention whether the teams in St. John's division, the JV Black League, can or cannot be co-ed. The qualifier is, however, present in descriptions of other divisions. St. John's coach Rob Martell said, One parent told me it's my decision whether the girls play, but I said, no way. I'm, make, I'm, I'm not making this decision for, 10, uh, for 11 10-year-olds. Let's call Jesus. Yeah. <sighs> Tasked with making the call themselves, Chance of Unity broke out as the team instead opted to end their season. Oh, jeez. The well, St. John's squad unanimously decided not to take to the court without their full team in a vote Friday taken before the game scheduled against Scotch Plains, St. Bartholomew the Apostle, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, good for yeah, the team for to doing stand that. Up. Yeah, that the fifth graders actually know what the right thing is yeah. to do despite uh, their, quote, moral leadership well, telling them other things. Yeah, well, and in not, the face of, of having right. to go against that. I yeah. bet you they watched Rudy the week before. Yeah. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> um, quote, pride, just pure pride, says parent Denise uh, Lascotti uh, when asked what she thought about the vote. These yeah. kids are doing the right thing. We don't have to tell them what to do. They just know it's amazing. Mm. Good for them. Fucking Catholics. God damn it. Leave kids alone. Yeah. God. It's like what had there been an issue with it? Were the boys were the girls playing better than the boys? Was that the problem? They're just so enticing. It's children Jesus. playing a sport. <laughs> that sounded fucking oh, that creepy. Did. That was really. <laughs> you both really kind of sounded creepy. <laughs> Ryan's used to it. Uncle Uncle John is really excited now. He sits in the corner and just looks at Dan, licking his lips. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. I have no clue. I don't either. <sighs> I was trying to make a joke that we got a rapist in the room and he likes it when you make bad jokes. across the table from me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not across the table from me. I say he's in the corner. Oh, okay. We put him in the corner. <laughs> he, he's, he, he's permanently in the basket. Well, I pulled a whole bunch of shit. A whole... Yeah, you, yeah, you did. We can, well, go, we can go around the table. A whole bunch of stuff for us to speak on this evening's... I shall cue up uh, my next one while you're doing that so that when you... 
when you throw to me, I'm not like, oh, let me find a good one. <laughs> Our old friend, Chappy Klingenschmidt. <sighs> Can we just call him Klingenschmidt? Has lost again. Yay. He is, you, many of you should know him as the right-wing host of his own conservative Christian talk show. We've played several clips from him in the past. Yeah. He was, I believe, uh, dishonorably discharged. We'll have to look into that for the other thing you want to do. Yeah, I want to start a new segment. We'll, yeah. we'll do sometime <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it, but. Yeah. Also, also part-time villain on the popular app Angry Birds. God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but he has lost yet again. Aww. Uh, he served a single term in the Colorado State House before being voted out. Before they realized how crazy he really is. During a Republican primary for the state Senate last summer. There's even, there's reason even conservative thought hasn't qualified for the job. He couldn't even restrain himself from saying something awful after a pregnant woman was attacked by a man who literally cut the fetus out of her body saying days after the incident that had occurred because abortion is legal in this country. The whole reason this woman was attacked and had the fetus cut out of her body is because abortion is legal. Oh, yes, because that's one of the legal options is to have the man attack you with a knife and just cut it out. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, if if abortion wasn't legal, then this wouldn't have ever happened to you. Yeah. But if you thought his primary defeat marked the end of his political career, you'd be wrong. He announced last month that he wanted to become the vice chair of the El Paso County GOP. What? Uh, it's a voluntary position, but one with a bit of power to shape positions. Guess what? He lost again. Oh. The winner, Josh Hosler, received 55% of the votes, while Klingenschmidt only got 30%. Yeah, that ain't too good. I'm sure that 25% gap is some sort of conspiracy, right? Yeah, of course. I, I would think that 25% gap would be another person in the running. No. What? Well, it could be. Possibly. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't do a whole lot of research okay. here. Shocked, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> what really makes the election worthwhile is what he did before the vote took place. He believed the Hosler was going to bring Captain Norm Holcomb to the meeting where the vote would take place to speak out against him. Holcomb used to be Klingenschmidt's commanding officer in the Navy and has frequently told the media that Klingenschmidt, despite his claims, was no victim of Christian persecution. <laughs> because that's one of his big talking points, yeah. right? Is that I was ran out of I was ran out of the military because I'm a good God fearing Christian, and just because I I said a prayer or I did whatever in uniform, they kicked me out. Yeah, because everyone knows the military is so anti-religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have like you know religious phrases and and biblical scripture carved into weapons and shit. Yeah, we've never seen anything like that. Well, that. That company actually got in trouble for that because they didn't. The military didn't ask for that. Yeah, that was. But a, it well, still was. It was a there. Thing. It was a thing. But yeah. it, it, the military actually did apologize for that one because it was the ACOG Scopes, the company that was selling to the military. Mm-hmm. That instead of putting a serial number on it where the serial number was supposed to be, they would put in the middle of the serial number uh, uh, the passage uh, religious passages. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Whoa!" Some people caught on. They're like, "What are you doing? Why are you? Why is this here?" Like, oh, we thought it would be nice to put religious passages on your <laughs> on these scopes that we're selling to you in the military. We, like, thought, we thought it'd be great to put Christian biblical passages on weapons that are being used to kill Muslims. And then you had the part where some army guys and were like, hey, they're making us do something very unreligious and making us scrape these serial numbers off these scopes. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you put Bible verses on there, then porcophobes can't touch it. 
<laughs> if I drop my gun now, they's just going to set on fire if they try to pick it up. God's fire rained down on them. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, as far as we know, Holcomb didn't actually show up over the weekend, but that didn't stop Klingenschmidt from sending in an email to his followers in which he referred to Holcomb as his rapist. No, not as his, as a rapist. No, oh, no. As yeah, no, no, never mind. Yeah, I, you did read it right. I did look at it again. I'm like, oh, he's serious yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, Klingenschmidt referred to this guy as his rapist. So, hmm. This is a quote from the email. It says that I am told that tomorrow, 11 February, at Coronado High School, my opponent Josh Hosler has hired a formal naval officer, former naval officer, to come defame me publicly during speeches at the Republican meeting. He may actually give the microphone to my rapist, oh. a man who essentially raped my religious freedom 11 years oh, ago, God. I believe. None other than Chaplain Norm Holcomb. Why does Josh Hosler plan to stand with Holcomb against my religious freedom See, with he... the guy who raped my religious freedom he, he probably from me what thinks that uh, his religious freedom was raped for 11 years because as a chaplain in the military, you have to meet everybody's religious needs, not just Christian. You have to meet everybody's all denominations religious needs, and he probably didn't do that. And Klingenschmidt isn't just any Christian. He's like obnoxiously Catholic. Yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't – It wouldn't. but – so he had to still have to meet all the Protestants well, and the Baptists it and all their It shouldn't needs. come as any surprise then that he's so willy-nilly with the term rape, being a Catholic as he yeah. is. All right? That doesn't really mean that much I mean, to that's them. that's the only way he gets any. Yeah. I, I got this story from uh, the Friendly Atheist from Hemet Mehta's blog, who in turn got it from Right Wing Watch. Mm. But it ends with, when you're a disgrace to today's GOP, you know you've hit rock bottom. Oh. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. This is New Name Noah, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. On Saturday, February 25th, 2017, at 6 p.m., the Atheist of Utah Great Minds Gala celebrates the great minds in science, art, free thought, atheism, and activism, while also raising funds for Atheist of Utah's programs and activism efforts. The venue is church and state in downtown Salt Lake City and will include dinner, dancing, and edification. The silent auction this year features donations from Ballet West, Thanksgiving Point, and Ogden Zone, who all donated last year. It will also include some new sponsors like the fantastic Hotel Monaco, Train Walk Poop, which provides dog services such as boarding, training walks, and locally owned and operated Jade Markets. There will be a variety of entertainments offered, including body painting artist Alex Waite, partner Acro by Nancy Carter and Dustin Webb, and belly dancing by Anna Weston Company. The after party starts at 9.30 p.m. and includes the last hour of the silent auction, entertainment, dancing, and a slice of Mary's delicious gala cake. Pricing is $80 for members and $90 for non-members. The after party is $25. Formal attire is encouraged but not required. You may also wear costumes of a great mind from our history or present if you would like. I hope to see you all there at the gala. It should be a great time. Uh, there's going to be some fantastic items available at the silent auction and fantastic entertainment, food, a lot of fun people in a great location. Come and hang out with a bunch of fellow heathens for a fancy party, man. Yeah. Yeah! Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Why do you think America is a 
Christian nation. That was the creator of everything. The Judeo Christian belief to be the foundation of our life. And I believe God isn't done with America. And that's the Lord we know. I want to talk about General Michael Flynn. Okay. There's a lot of fuckery going on there. There really is. One of the major headlines this week has been since just Monday of this week. Two yeah. days old and already shit is going sideways even after this I big mean, deal happened. I mean, it's, it's so fucked up. It's going upwards. I don't know. By the time you all hear this, I mean. We could be at war. We could, or, or Donald Trump could be in the process of being impeached. Several other people could have resigned. Kellyanne Conway could be arrested. I don't know what the fuck is going to happen between the tonight when we're recording this and well, when you all get to hear this. Even while we're recording show. it, some shit could fucking happen. Yeah, it's it's I mean, changing by the hour. Flynn resigned at like 9 o'clock at night. It's some crazy shit. So for those of you who have been living in under Iraq and not under Iraq, the hmm. the country in no, not the a, Middle East, but under a, different dictator. a rock, a physical large stone, and just looking out from under it every now and then, uh, on Monday... General Michael Flynn, who was serving as Trump's national security advisor, resigned. Very big position. Yeah, it's 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 not a tiny thing at all. It no. actually carries quite a bit of weight and power in that position. It is not a official congressionally approved cabinet position, so nobody votes on it. You, the president just gets to select somebody. Yeah. There's no confirmation hearings, anything like that. So the president. Someone who, you know, is a great manager and knows people well, knows how yeah. to run things and picks the, the best people, all the greatest people, decided to pick General Michael Flynn. Wanted to break down a little bit of a timeline on this because Flynn was only in this position for a new record of 24 fucking days. That's, that's a two and a four. Yeah. That's I, I, just over three weeks. I think the only other person that's probably got him beat is the president who died of pneumonia in office because he didn't last a month either. I don't know. I think it was longer than 24 was days. Benjamin Harrison? Uh, it could have been one of the Benjamins. Somebody. One I don't of, know. One of was. Ryan's really good at bringing up obscure shit that I have no idea. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that I don't know any of the facts. Like I've heard something about it in the past. If, sure. If but. I'm right, that's Godless Revolution Jeopardy. <laughs> uh, winner for sure. <laughs> so this all started on November 18th of 2016, <laughs> 10 days after his election. Sorry, I'm just laughing at myself coming up with Benjamin Harrison and then not being able to come up with the word winner. Something about a chicken dinner. I can't remember. Uh, anyway. Uh, 23 days. William Henry Harrison oh, died of pneumonia. Uh, 23 days. I was the wrong Harrison. I was thinking George. Harrison? Mm-hmm. Hmm. My guitar gently weeps for him. <laughs> and in my 31 days in office, it was, he was alive for 68 years and 23 days. <laughs> I don't know why they put that in there. So, <laughs> so people aren't like he was so, only 23 days. So this off. is this is a record of government. Yeah, it is high level yep, government because I think the other one was his president. Twenty four was, was 31 days. Ah, William Henry Harrison. Yes. Hmm. So on November 18th of 2016, ten days after his election. President-elect Trump says Flynn will serve as his national security advisor. 
He offered Flynn the post of national security advisor, elevating him to an intelligence officer who saw Islamist militancy as a global ex- existential threat. Mm-hmm. I'm pleased that General Michael Flynn <laughs> will be by my side as we work to defeat radical Islamic terrorism, navigate geopolitical challenges, and keep Americans safe at home and abroad, Mr. Trump said at the time. Mm. December 29th, 2016. Former President Barack Hussein Obama ejected dozens of suspected Russian intelligence operatives from the United States and imposed sanctions on Russia after American intelligence officials concluded that the nation had ordered the hacking of the Democratic National Committee in an attempt to tip the election to Mr. Trump. In a phone conversation around the same time, Mr. Flynn discussed the sanctions with Russia and with Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak and urged Russia not to retaliate because doing so could complicate future cooperation between the two nations. According to former and current administration officials, the call was captured on a routine wiretap of diplomats' calls, officials said. It, hmm. it, it might be worth noting at this point, too, that this uh, he's got sanctioning and you know removing of operatives and back. Yeah. This goes back and forth all the time. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. like Obama really started a, a no, something yeah, that's this is... unusual, which 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 makes the phone conversation to Putin about not retaliating the unusual part because this just goes back and forth. It's how it works. It's how it's well, always gone. So Obama did it and then expected Putin to do it. It's even but more unusual when Flynn is in no official capacity to even be having this phone call in the first place. Well, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's President-elect Trump at this point. He's not in office yet. No, He's not yeah. been sworn he has in no official and won't be sworn in for another three weeks. Yeah. I just wanted to point out that it wasn't some sort of like show of aggression by Obama that kicked this well, all off. It which was... is where if Russia would have would have kicked out American diplomats, that's what probably was expected to happen. Yeah. Because that would have been a normal... And throwing on a conspiracy theorist hat here, you could say Flynn contacted Russia knowing that they may do something to retaliate because Putin said he would. After Obama put this in, he said, we're going to respond in kind. And so then you've got Flynn, who knows how much Donald Trump and the rest of the administration is in love with Russia and Putin and wants to be made even richer by working out these deals with them for certain things doesn't want to have to have Russia back off and either make Russia look weak or the United States look weak. Just just hold off for now. We'll we'll sort it out when we get into office and we'll all be friends, okay? We don't want to have to shake up a whole bunch of shit. Like, this, these changes are in effect. Don't worry, we'll get rid of them when we get into office. But then you don't have to work on doing stuff now and then undoing it later. Yeah. Just sit back, relax. Get, just chill for, for three weeks. We got this shit handled. Yeah, but Russia responding in kind would have been the same thing we did. Okay, you you kicked out our diplomats, we're kicking out your diplomats. Yeah, so apparently during these calls, Mr. Flynn never explicitly promised sanction relief, but seemed to leave the impression that it was possible, officials said. Private citizens are prohibited by law from engaging in diplomacy. Yeah, those laws get a little tricky sometimes. And this is something that Flynn denied, 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 yeah. denied, denied until Monday. Yeah. Not only that, but... As a former fucking general, he would be aware of. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. fucking literally Me as a lowly contractor for the federal government when I was working on base had all kinds of training about this every goddamn yeah. year. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, but the thing that bothers me more is you get a guy coming out of the military who served at a very high capacity and still shows the willingness to undermine the current administration by going to a foreign uh, leader mm-hmm. and 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 telling him, don't worry about what the commander in chief is doing. We'll make things different for you. You know, I, I just wonder general if general does that. I wonder if he had Russia yeah. on speed dial. Of course he did. So that'll happen December 29th. Yes. One day later, after Flynn has spoken to the Russian ambassador, Russian President Vladimir Putin says that he will not retaliate against the United States for sanctions, surprising Obama administration officials. Afterward, intelligence analysts review intercepted communications and reportedly find Kislyak's communications with Flynn. Hmm. So Mm. Flynn calls Kislyak, says, hey, hold your shit, calm your tits. And then Kislyak talks to Putin or Kislyak talks to somebody who else talks to Putin. Putin comes out the next day and says, is no problem. We're not retaliating just yet. January 12th. Washington Post columnist David Ignatius first reports on Flynn and Kislyak's phone calls, questioning whether they could undermine the hacking-related sanctions. Trump transition officials say the call did not touch on the topic. It oh. never happened. Nothing. They didn't. He, <laughs> it, they talked about Christmas. Okay, that was it. Which I guarantee Flynn went to Trump and bragged about it. Like, hey, did you see what I did? Do you see that? Yeah, I did that for you. Yeah, that, You're their their whole their whole line of bullshit on this was that no they didn't talk about sanctions at yeah. all it was just a congratulatory call they talked about the holidays yeah. and blah 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 it was just you know chat amongst friends just right. just your usual thing with right. an ex united states general talking to a russian ambassador yeah. and as, as happens all the fucking time i'm sure not only that but right at the time when certain problems are coming forward you know it's not like right Uh, Certain problems that favored a certain person. Uh One day later, January 13th, Sean Spicer, then a Trump transition spokesman, who's now hilariously portrayed by (laughs) Melissa McCarthy. Yes. I don't think it's very funny, if I'm being (laughs) honest. A lot of people say they like it. They they don't. Nobody likes it. I don't think it's very (laughs) funny. Nobody likes it. I think it's fucking hilarious. (laughs) So one day later, Sean Spicer... She's a nasty woman. Said that Flynn did not discuss sanctions with the Russian envoy, adding that they spoke to arrange a call between Trump and Putin following the inauguration. Mm. Sure, because Flynn would call the ambassador to set up a call between Trump and Putin, I I guess, is how they're Mm. portraying that. The day after that, on January 14th, Vice President-elect Mike Pence and Michael Flynn have a conversation in which Pence says that Flynn assured him that, quote, the conversations that took place at that time were not in any way related to the new U.S. sanctions against Russia or the expulsion of diplomats, according to an account Pence later gave on Fox News Sunday. One day after that, Vice President Pence, Vice President-elect Pence, during an appearance on CBS's Face the Nation, denies that sanctions were discussed, saying he had spoken about the issue with Flynn Pence says the incoming National Security Advisor in Kislyak, quote, did not discuss anything having to do with the United States' decision to expel diplomats or impose censure against Russia. So Pence is likely lying here. Yes. That would be my guess. Pence then adds 
General Flynn has been in touch with diplomatic leaders, security leaders in some 30 countries. That's exactly what the incoming National Security Advisor should do. But what I can confirm, having spoken to him about it, is that those conversations that happened to occur around the time that the United States took action to expel diplomats had nothing whatsoever to do with those sanctions. Mm-hmm. So why are you bringing nothing it up? Nothing whatsoever to do with yeah. those sanctions. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, incoming House Chief of Staff Reince Pubis, <laughs> on, the pubster, on NBC's Meet the Press said, quote, I have talked to General Flynn. None of that came up. And the subject matter or sanction of sanctions or the actions taken by the Obama administration did not come up in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Both of those statements or all of those statements being made by Pence yeah. and Rice Priebus were on January 15th. Four days later. Mm-mm. Ms. Sally Yates, then the acting deputy attorney general and other senior intelligence and law f- enforcement officials, meet to discuss the Flynn call and whether to inform the incoming Trump administration, according to the Washington Post. Because whether already- to inform the Trump administration that they have the calls, they yeah. know what was said. Do we tell the president or do we not? Because we don't know that we can trust this fucker. Yeah. Because he's got such such close ties to Russia that he's got his national security advisor calling the ambassador before they're even in office to talk about, hey, don't do anything about the sanctions. We're going to sort this shit out. We got your back. And that's where I guess where the really big question comes in. Did he do this on his own or was he instructed to make this phone call? That is a very good question, Mr. Duffy. I would say that he was instructed to make this call based on the other evidence that we have since then that we will soon get to. One day later on January 20th, Donald John Trump takes the oath of office and becomes the 45th president of these United States. And we all collectively cried. (sighs) It was a rough day. It was a rough couple days. It's been a rough fucking three and a half weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's doing what he said he would do. Three and a half weeks, dude. It's been a rough 418 years since he got inaugurated. (laughs) That's true. It's been fucking exhausting and long. Honestly, it's been three and a half weeks. That's it. Most most of these go pretty quietly, you know? It's nuts, man. Yeah, this is absolutely exhausting. Yeah, Obama's first thing to do when he got in office was was go down to uh, the House of Representatives in Congress and say, hey, guys. This is what we got going on. So uh, can we all work together? together. Can we all work together on this shit? Can we all come together and do something? They said, fuck you. Mm -hmm. And that's how the rest of those eight years went. They Mm -hmm. just kept saying, fuck you. We're not going to work with you. Yeah. January 23rd, my daughter's birthday. Sean Spicer in his first official news briefing asked again is asked about Flynn's communications with Kislyak. Spicer says that he had talked to Flynn about the issue again last night. There was just one call, Spicer says, adding that it covered four subjects. A plane crash that claimed the lives of a Russian military choir, Christmas greetings, Russian-led talks over the Syrian civil war, and the logistics of setting up a call between Putin and Trump. Spicer insists that was the extent of the conversation. On? So it went from... In November. Yes. So it went from... A Christmas greeting to a Christmas greeting and talks about setting up a call between Putin and Trump to a Christmas greeting talks about setting up a call between Putin and Trump 
at a plane crash uh, involving the Russian military choir and just, the Syrian civil war. It just seems so odd. So they're just, you know, the story keeps getting altered slightly. They're adding a little bit more well, to it here and there. That doesn't make sense at all. Why is that? Because the Russian military choir plane crash was on December 25th. Well, they they spoke on the phone. When was that? Uh, I thought it was before that. No. Oh, that, okay. That was, that was a phone call on the 29th. That's, on the not, 29th. that's not from the original phone call. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I was incorrect in thinking that. I thought they're rehashing out the original phone call in November. I was like, wait, that doesn't make fucking sense because that plane crash was in December. Aha. Let's see. January 26th. Acting Attorney General Sally Yates tells White House Counsel Don McGon. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't pronounce names. That's, it's McGon. That's it. It's Don McGon. <laughs> that, contrary to Flynn's claims, sanctions had been discussed in the calls. This is January 26th. Yes. What is uh, what two is, weeks ago? Let's see, uh, Flynn, Three weeks ago. Flynn resigned on the 13th. Yeah. So the White House knew about this for quite some time. Yeah. Again, January 26th. Gen- uh, Acting Attorney General Sally Yates tells White House Counsel Don McGon that contrary to Flynn's claims, sanctions had been discussed in the calls based on the monitoring of the conversations by intelligence agencies. She also warns that Flynn is vulnerable to blackmail because he has now been lying about this yep. for three weeks. And not More than does, three weeks. And Putin knows. Oh, and I guarantee Putin has. About. Yeah. Pu- I guarantee Putin has a copy of those phone calls too. Of course he does. So it's not just us. So Trump could, you know, bury the phone calls if he wanted to. He can. He can get rid of those. But he's not going to get rid of Russia's version of those phone calls. Yeah, and yeah, I which mean, leaves Flynn open to blackmail yep. by Russian agents. Exactly. Who would say no? He has been lying. We have proof. Yeah. And and why else would Putin be so willing to, you know, like. On these phone calls well, from January 23rd, like, you know, they're they're talking about it's like as if Putin's just going to be like, you know, since leaving uh, KGB as hitman, oh, I'm so devastated by this group of singers who have crashed recently. Can't get it off my – who fucking – he doesn't care about that. <laughs> he, he, no, He's he, trying to get you to say whatever you can, no, whatever the, you will. It was, it was probably more like, would you rather have the P video or the phone call conversation? Which should I release? Is that your Russian or is that a Brooklyn? I can't. Uh, both. Okay. Well, they were probably Ruckland, still, Ruckland. you know, trying to schedule acts for <laughs> yeah. Trump's inauguration. Uh, they, then they yeah. ended up because the Russians crashed. They ended up with the fucking Mormon Mormon Tabernacle, tabernacle. Choir. Yeah, even, that's what happened. Yeah, even the right. Bruce Springsteen <laughs> cover band wouldn't show up. B Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. Can you imagine how fucking terrible a Bruce Springsteen cover band would be? Or Bruce Springsteen is so fucking horrible on his own. I mean, he probably thought, like, shit, this band is going to be so hard up to get a gig this big, they'll do it. And he gets like, no, we aren't doing that. It's like, oh, shit, even people that are probably hard up for a gig won't do this yeah. in national <laughs> televised <laughs> event. Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. This has been a nice uh, time for me. This year, I have made 55 years teaching in this town. And for the students on this show tonight, go to the First United Methodist Church. That includes me. I go to First United Methodist Church. Reverend Jones, Bill Jones, opened our show last time, and he's not here tonight. So John Baker's here, Bob Spencer, Michelle Casey, and I all go to First United Methodist Church. 
So John is going to sing a song that's very popular nowadays, and it's Christ the Lord is Risen Today, and he's going to do Amora too, okay? Hey everybody, this is X. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Felicia. We're the Utah Outcasts. Three out, unashamed, and active atheists living in Utah. And we are personally inviting you to let us love your ears each and every week. As we take the news, current events, and pop culture and give it a little twist. A love twist with consent. And we'll be joined each week by a special guest to tell us what makes them an outcast like us. Come find us. The Utah Outcasts. On PodHell.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on UtahOutcast.com. We finally bought that domain off the kids handing out mixtapes in the mall. Come be an outcast with us. Take care of yourselves out there. Bonne nuit. And you're welcome. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Well, so, and this reminds me that, you know, when I, when I was working as a contractor and needed to secure a uh, security clearance from the federal government, as part of that, you have, back at the time, I think it was, oh, it was like, like 20 floppy disks worth of shit that I had to fill out. This was way back when floppy disks were still a thing. It was a program that I had to go through and answer. I don't know how many questions. Well, I just know it's when I did it, it's about 30 pages worth of stuff you have to go through, fill out questions, and it's going at least 10, 15 years into your past of every address you've ever had, every employment, every place, relative you've every had, relative, everywhere you've ever every lived, re- everywhere yeah. you've ever traveled, everything you've ever done, any criminal history you yeah. have, any bit of anything. Where you've been, why you were there, what you're doing. You have to fill out descriptions of why you were there, what you were doing, and all that crazy All of shit. your financial records yeah. for the past 10 to 15 years. I mean, depending on the clearance you're seeking, it is a very, very in-depth thing. And what they're looking for is that you are completely open and honest mm-hmm. with everything that, that – every heinous, awful thing that you have ever done or had done to you, they need to make sure that, you know, you are willing to acknowledge it and admit it to them so that it cannot be used against you in the future as a potential source of blackmail. I mean, I lost my security clearance over the ambient incident. Oh, yeah? I had gotten a provisional 90-day security (laughs) clearance, and I had to go in and clear it all up. But another guy I work with that was, uh, he had to file bankruptcy on his side job. Uh They took a security clearance from him and wouldn't give it back. Oh, wow. They forced him to retire over that because they're like, hey, you are now financially constrained. That can be used against you, and... Yeah, it's, I, this is just for a secret. They can secret. dangle money in front of you yeah. and you may jump This was just it, for yeah. a secret security clearance, not even top secret. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's a very in-depth thing. And like I said, they want to make sure that you're you're willing to tell them all of this shit yeah. about you. Because they'll find out. And if yeah. they find out that you omitted it or you lied about you're it. You're fucked. You're done. There's no chance of you getting the clearance because you felt so... You felt so shamed by that that if any other resource were to find that out in the future, it could be used against you to blackmail you. Yeah. What a fucking idiot. What what fucking morons are these guys going into the White House right now? You know, like they're all the best people. I yeah. surround myself with nothing but geniuses. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, Obama and Putin had a stalemate for eight fucking years. You know, like he must have called early in the early in his presidency and be like, "Hello, Putin." How are you? You first. No, you first. You first. 
Oh, you first. <laughs> just back in, and then like <laughs> Flynn calls up and he's like, this one time at band camp. <laughs> and then Putin's like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know what, we will talk tomorrow as well, my friend. You know what uh, Russia never it, did with like, Obama? You fucking morons. <laughs> Russia never moved out their intercontinental ballistic missiles and put them onto the trailers and moved them into positions where they could fire them. Ever. And Obama. now they're doing and that. And now they're doing that. Yeah, because well, clearly they're Trump afraid no, of tough man Donald Trump. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because Trump has no idea what's going on. Uh, still on January 26th, quote, The president was immediately informed of the situation, Sean Spicer told reporters days later on February 14th, after Flynn's departure. The White House counsel determined that Flynn would have broken no laws in his discussions. Okay, January 30th. Yates is fired as acting attorney general for her refusal to defend Trump's travel ban in court. What? You mean checks and balances is wrong? You're a meme. You, you, you're a meme. A <laughs> You talk like me. <laughs> you're a meme. A Sally, she, she don't say that she won't go and defend that shit, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so att- acting attorney general Sally Yates, uh, came out and said that she was instructing the rest of the justice department to not defend uh, Donald Trump's travel ban on Muslims. Which, and, if other people remember, a bunch of Republican members had told her to do the same thing about some of Obama's orders. Well, and so she so she did this as the acting attorney general. Which is her job. Right. And because she did that, or at least the reason we're told that she was fired was because she said that. Yeah. Had nothing at all to do Word. with the man behind the curtain and General Flynn talking to the Russian ambassador, Krizliak. Why? Because she could have an investigation done for that? Mm-hmm. What? February 9th, the Washington Post, citing nine sources, reports that General Flynn had discussed sanctions in the phone calls. Flynn initially denied he had discussed sanctions in an interview with the Post, but then amended his comment. He, quote, indicated that while he had no recollection of discussing of discussing sanctions, he couldn't be certain that the topic never came up. Well, he was so certain of this the week after. It sounds like it sounds like Ronald Reagan bullshit, right? Yeah. Like, I have no recollection yeah. of, of that uh, incident. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a way of pleading the fifth without saying it. Yeah. Yeah. It's also Bill Clinton bullshit, too. Yeah. It depends on what your definition of the word <laughs> is, is. Yeah. Or, or, uh. <laughs> I do not recall having sexual having relations. Yeah, exactly. He's with that woman. He would say that a lot I'm too. Like, oh, well, that was a well. Cigar. He didn't say he didn't recall. He just said I did not, not have. But but throughout yeah. the trial, he would say I I don't recall. I mean, just like a stripper, you're not having sexual relations with her. You're just watching. He's fucking her. Well, with a cigar. <laughs> with a cigar. Yeah. Still on February 9th, <laughs> according to an aide to. Mr. Pence, Vice President Pence, at this time, not until the Post's report appeared did the Vice President learn that Flynn had given him false information about his contacts with Kislyak. So, according to the White House's account, Trump had known of Trump had known of Flynn's false statements for two weeks, but had not informed Pence. Hmm. Hmm. So. Either the White House knew and didn't tell Pence, or they knew and did tell Pence, and Pence lied about it, or they didn't know at all. But we know that's false because or Yates came out and the said White that House, she did inform them. The White House didn't tell Pence because Pence already knew. 
So they could be telling the truth. Like, we didn't tell Pence because, well, the fucker knew. We didn't have to tell him. We didn't have to tell him. I guess that's possible. But I mean, all of this, all of this is just heinous fuckery on so many different levels, right? February 10th, three (laughs) days before (laughs) Flynn resigns, he reportedly spoke by phone to Pence to apologize for misleading him about the contents of his conversation. The same day, President Trump told reporters aboard Air Force One that he was unaware of reports that Flynn had discussed sanctions with Kislyak. Spicer later said Trump was only referring to the Post report and not the broader situation. Oh. Which is fucking bullshit. Yep. Yeah. They're fucking lying. Yeah, they're all. That's a total lie. They're all lying. It's just plain bullshit. So on the on the plane, Trump tries to play it off like, "Oh no, what I what are you talking about? I what Flynn talked to the Russians about sanctions? I I've never heard anything about that. That's crazy." And who's who? Who did he nickname Lion Ted? Right, Lion Ted. Yeah, Lion Ted. Yeah, yeah. And not even three weeks or three weeks into his presidency, he's already caught in a big, big, big fucking lie. Giant, oh, huge. He's trumping it up. Huge, yeah, it's a huge lie. Donald Trump asked about the media reports about Flynn, suggested it is news to him. I don't know about that. I haven't seen it. What report is that? I haven't seen that. I'll look into that. Uh, Spicer later says Trump was saying he had not seen the specific report in the Post, not that he was unaware that Flynn had spoken to Kislyak about the sanctions. Following reports from several news outlets, Mr. Trump said he planned to look into Mr. Flynn's conversation (laughs) with the Russian ambassador. Uh, Which, what does he have to look into when he's already been briefed on it? Well, and what's funny is that the White House later said that Trump had been informed weeks earlier that Mr. Flynn had Uh not told the truth about his conversation with the Russian ambassador. Former administration officials said the Justice Department had issued a warning in January to the White House. This is Yates. Yeah. Raising concerns that Flynn could be vulnerable to blackmail. This is probably in January, well before the inauguration. So he knew a a full three weeks before the Washington Post publishes this article. And he either knows and does not say anything to the vice president, which I don't know how that could even be the case, right? I mean, if if they're both receiving security information. Yeah, they're both at the same briefings every morning. Pence would have seen this information as well. And as we've seen, Pence is more diligent about showing up to these briefings. And especially this early on, they're not, there's not, I I would imagine there's not going to be a huge amount of separation and alone time at this point when, you know, they're being briefed on, oh yeah, okay, here's all of the shit, you know. And by the way, aliens are real. Well, that's part of the briefings. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, and, and it could be, I mean, it could be that they just don't speak very much right we've we've seen that in prior administrations where the president and vice president aren't really all that close they're no. not friends they don't hang out they don't they don't really speak to each other that much the vice president has his specific his specific job description and set of issues that he wants to follow up on the president's out leading the nation doing whatever instructing other people to do shit but in this in this instance i don't see how pence could not have known no or well, and and even if Trump hadn't told Pence, Trump was informed and knew for weeks that this had happened and that Flynn fucking lied about it I and wouldn't. and had been warned that he's now potentially yeah. able to be blackmailed because of this. And Trump did nothing for weeks about this. I, even if they're in separate security briefings, I would guarantee this would have had to have come up in Pence's own security briefing. Well, and Pence... 
Pence went on the air and Denying said, it. Pence went on the air and said that he had spoken to Flynn. Yeah. He went on the news and was saying all of this. We know Trump watches all of the fucking news programs. Yeah. We know that Sean Spicer is talking to the news media about the things that Pence is saying. Well, we know that Trump knows because he's been warned weeks before. Yeah. And apparently this doesn't filter down to Pence. I don't fucking well, believe that at all. I believe yeah. Pence knew, but he is, he, his part of his role now is to defend Donald Trump. Yeah. That's his job. Three days later, boom, 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 February 13th, the Washington Post reports that the White House had known for weeks that Flynn had misled the vice president about the nature of the calls. Flynn is forced to resign, forced to resign within hours after the article is posted. And this, this keeps going back and forth with the Trump administration saying that he resigned because he knew that it was becoming a distraction or that, no, Trump fired him or forced him to resign because he couldn't be trusted anymore because well, yeah. he lied to the vice president. But that's fucking nonsense. Well, it did. If that were the case, he would have fired him three fucking yeah. weeks ago when he found out about all of this. It's because it became or more two public. weeks ago when Flynn started when when Pence started making the news circuits and saying, no, this never happened, yeah. when Pence was going around denying it, it would have happened then, not on Monday when the Post releases this, unless Trump was like, no, fuck it, it's not a problem for me until the media gets a hold of it. Yeah. And I think that's what happened. It is. That's well, because even that's, that's exactly even what the next morning, Kellyanne Conway was coming out and saying, "Oh, Michael Flynn had to resign. He became a lightning rod for the administration, and he thought it'd be better if he left." But then Sean Spicer comes out later on the afternoon saying Donald Trump forced him to to resign from the position. So you got two people speaking on behalf of the president saying different shit same day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As soon as soon as it came back to Trump, yeah, then he started caring about it. Yeah. But three weeks ago, he doesn't fuck. He doesn't care what he's what Flynn is saying to Putin. He could well, care less what that is. He could. You know, but as soon as it comes back to potentially harming Trump, oh, now all of a sudden he, you know, Trump, that's why it wasn't well, yeah, done and, weeks well, ago. And then, and then you see it in his Twitter tirade the following day, where he's like, "The crooked media is putting out all of this fake news. Yeah, yeah, if it was yeah. fake news, why? then you wouldn't have the acting attorney general giving you this information that you didn't act on for three fucking weeks, yeah. right?" You wouldn't have Flynn either resigning out of shame or because he didn't want to drag down the rest of the administration or Trump forcing him out after this was made public if it was fake news. If it was fake news, then that's it. That's the end of the story. It's fake news. It's bullshit. But it's not bullshit. It's that's why Flynn resigned. Every time he says fake news, I'm going to take it as being a critical or a literal threat to him. Yeah, it's anything he doesn't like to hear. Anything that's yeah. that's that's not complimentary. Or right now when he keeps complaining, saying that there's people, there's how's how's how are you having all these leaks? We have leaks. How's this happening? So on February 14th, Sean Spicer said that Flynn was let go because he no longer had the trust of the president and vice president, which he shouldn't have had for the three weeks prior yeah. to this yeah. time. And but, they waited that long. Like, they didn't think that the national security advisor speaking to Russian diplomats and yeah. then lying about it wasn't a problem for three weeks. Yeah. Which is worse, that they didn't think that was a problem for three weeks and didn't act on it, or they only acted on it once it was revealed publicly. Yeah. And then threw a shit fit saying yeah. that there's leaks and they're illegal and they need to stop. Not Which is worse. Not only that, but two weeks after huh. he knows this, a week before he resigns, 
you still have his 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 dogs going out there to the media saying, "Oh no, the president has the utmost trust in Flynn. He he's he he you know he trusts the guy. He's awesome. We love we love him. There's no problem here. It's all fake news. You know this didn't happen." To well, oh shit. Yeah, the one one of my one of my favorite parts about this whole thing is that in Flynn's letter of resignation, he says, "Quote." I am tendering my resignation, honored to have served our nation and the American people yeah. in such a distinguished way. Eh. Oh, well, what? it's very distinguished amongst others. He fucked up. Yeah, he, he has. He does have the record for shortest term, so I guess yeah, it is that, dis- that, that, distinguished. That is a very distinguished accomplishment. Yeah, that is. Lastly, just yesterday, after Flynn's departure, the day after Flynn's departure, Sean Spicer told reporters that, quote, the president was immediately informed of the situation. The White House counsel determined that Flynn would have broken no laws in his discussions, Spicer adds. But that's not true. The no. White House has not disclosed the length or depth of the counsel's inquiry into that question, except to say it was extensive and took days. So now Spicer ah. is lying. They're all lying. I, yeah. How, how do you keep track of who's lying? But, I mean, it really boils down to we know – that Trump was informed at least three weeks prior to Flynn's resignation that Flynn was lying and was now the target or or could be blackmailed because of yeah. his mm-hmm. lies. And we know for sure that Flynn knew what they talked about. Yeah. yeah. So those yeah. two those two are lying. It's possible that Pence it's possible though very unlikely that Pence didn't know. Yeah, I, I don't see and, how I don't and, see how he didn't know. And it's also possible but but very unlikely that Spicer didn't know. But chances, yeah, they're all fucking lying. They're all fucking lying about it. I of almost, course they are. I almost think Pence knew before Trump, because remember Pence was going to security briefings six days a week before they were the the weeks leading up to him going uh, taking office. Where Trump was going to a modified briefing, yeah, what twice or two or three times a week, where he was where he was getting all the information from Flynn. Yes. No, no. The security briefings weren't coming from Flynn. Well, and really it was, this... it was coming from the uh, the people who were in office currently. Flynn wasn't in that position yet. Oh. So really this goes back to Don McGahn. Ah, McGahn. He's the guy who McGon. he's the guy who Sally Yates contacted at the White House and told Don McGahn about the calls and about the fact that she had access to those calls yeah. and knew for a fact that he had discussed Sanctions. Yeah. So who did Don McGon talk to? Ooh. Did Don McGon did Don McGon not talk to nobody? <laughs> Is Don McGon KGB? Oh. It's possible in this administration, I think. I don't know. But the fact remains Who is he? But we that know people in the White House knew about this. Oh yeah. And he's Don White McGon House counsel. He's he's gone. attorney for Donald Trump yeah. in the White House. Mm-hmm. So it's he's all a bunch of heinous fuckery that Don McGon's probably the Trump's handler from the KGB. You know what pisses me off though? Several things. Everything. But yeah, but <laughs> but about this specifically tonight. Snickers. Snickers I generally I like. really don't like candy bars with peanuts in them. What? Yeah. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't like I don't like candy bars with peanuts in them. <laughs> yeah, those Snickers are fine. Um <laughs> This this is exactly what we knew they were, right? They are yeah. who we thought they were. Right? Do you guys remember Dennis Green? 
<laughs> yes. I remember Tom Green. He's the coach of Arizona Cardinals. And oh, they that's played why the, I don't They played him. the Bears on their way to the Super Bowl, and they almost fucking beat them. The Cardinals almost fucking beat them, <laughs> and they blew it at the very end, and <laughs> Dennis Green had that rant. They are who we thought they were. If you want to crown them, go ahead and fucking crown them. <laughs> <laughs> and he went off. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel right now. We know who Trump is. Yeah. We know the people he surrounds himself with. Liars. Cheaters, narcissists, psychopaths, assholes, selfish, un-American fuckheads. And this is exactly what they're doing. They don't care a sh- one bit about what happens to this country. Yeah. They don't care one bit about what information uh, is protected, what information is spread that needs to be – none of it. If it benefits them, it's a secret. If they, uh, it, We knew this. They are who the, who we thought they were. Well, yeah, I, we we knew it during the primaries. Yeah. We knew it during the general election. At least those of us on the left did. Those of us who right. knew well enough not to vote for this fucking dangerous person. Mm-hmm. Which is which is why when when he won on the night of the election, I think I made a comment saying, you know, I will give him a chance, and I really hope I don't have to say I told you so. You'll never get that opportunity with them because they'll never admit that they were no. wrong about Trump. No, but I will. I will still say it. I think it's it's getting closer and closer to the "I told you so" moment. Well, they they got to be eating a lot of their words right now because mishandling of of uh, you know government files and but and Benghazi, conversa- yeah, but, exactly. But Benghazi, yeah, they've been but freaking. Out, they've been freaking out about that for years now. So. But her emails. Yeah. She had emails, her own private server. She discussed pizzas and cooking. She's too tied to Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Well, Donald Trump right. isn't at all. Yeah. He's he's going to drain the swamp and then pick his fucking cabinet from the bottom of it. <laughs> well, what, what Donald Trump really did was he drained the swamp and then he, he, he put a wall around it and then put the water back in. To try to protect everybody in the swamp from litigation. From all the brown people. Yeah. Hmm. That swamp thing is going to pay for that wall. It just got 10 feet higher, believe me. Uh. <laughs> the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a real shit show. And I've seen other tweets and read other stories that are related to this that, to me at this point, seem like a lot of hyperbole, some conspiracy theory stuff. But fuck, I don't know. It, they could be accurate. I've I've seen things saying that the intelligence community is now going to come out full force against Donald Trump. Yeah. That there's going to be leak after leak after leak. There's some really damaging, heinous, wow. horrific shit that none of us even know about yet. And that the intelligence community is going to start leaking to the media. If, I, I think if I were in the intelligence <laughs> community and... I really stood by that oath I took were to defend us against enemies foreign and domestic. Um, yeah. If there's something horrible going on and they're trying to hush it up, start start letting stuff leak out to the media. Start letting it get mainstream. Yeah. Because it, otherwise it's, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So I, I've also seen things from former intelligence officials saying that they have friends still in the intelligence community who have contacted them. Basically saying that Donald Trump is going to rot in prison. So, I don't know. Hmm. I doubt that. Now, would he go? Yeah, to- that's why. I, uh, like, that's why I'm just saying I've I've heard these things. Mm-hmm. I don't 
I think well, they're probably hyperbole or conspiracy stuff, but moving on to other things. My name is John Dacre. Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Sons of men and angels say hallelujah. To your voice in triumph song, hallelujah. You and the godless revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. What else do you have at your disposal, Matt? Um, I like the little pyramid that you're building on the table here, by the way. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's nice. It reminds me of uh, college times. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway, what do you got? I I have an interesting piece that comes from Janaris. Oh, uh, and uh, you said interesting piece. I thought maybe you've got a kidney stone that was on the move, and mm -hmm. when you got up for during our little break, you had an interesting piece. <laughs> <laughs> a pee piece. No. Do you know? Do you know Jana Reese? I do not. She is a LDS writer. Uh, often writes for religious religion news service RNS. Oh yeah. And is her, she here in Utah? I don't think so. Um, her segment is Flunking Sainthood. Ah. That's what it's called. And she often has interesting topics, though I don't agree with her point of view on it or, or her, her, her stance on her it. Her stance necessarily. Like there's, there's usually – she goes a little further than I would, of course. But on this one – A little further in apologies? Yeah. Rhetoric? Yeah. Although, although I think she makes good points generally. Yeah. Um, or at least gets me thinking in a in a way that's a, like a slightly different direction that I think, okay, well, you missed the mark here because of your religiosity, but you bring up a good point about this or whatever. Okay. But this time, I'm just going to read what she says. Okay. Because I think, I think it's actually pretty good. Okay. And uh, it's her response to LDS leader El Elder Quentin Cook uh, at a BYU devotional on February 7th. And she says so, this. So it was, it, was it his devotional on the 7th or she was there somewhere and replied on the 7th? He he gave the talk on the 7th and she's res responding to it. Okay. Uh, there's been some – so I'm just going to read what she says. So when she says I, it's about her, not me. Okay. There's been some pushback this week in response to Elder Quinton Cook's BYU devotional of February 7th when he spoke – of a banquet of consequences for young people who engage the pleasures of the world instead of focusing on the path ahead. A banquet of consequences. That's got a, that's got a nice, that's, that's some pretty good rhetoric. Yep. Uh, I which, hope it has an open bar. Uh, instead of focusing on the path ahead, which should be about faith and family, quoting C.S. Lewis, who has over his dead body become the default theologian of Mormon apostles. <laughs> <laughs> Elder Cook said, that it's Satan's plan to make evil seem good and wrong seem right. In particular, he identified some major warning areas for students. Ooh. Word of wisdom. Elder Cook suggested that a few generations ago, forces of evil convinced people that smoking was fashionable. But time and science have proven otherwise. And alcohol addiction is responsible for 
broken families, hospital admissions, fetal alcohol syndrome, and more. Uh, number two, family choices. So is religion. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, why do you think they hit the bottle in the first place? Mm-hmm. I was trying to decide if I should interrupt you or not, but fuck. So is religion. Religion is responsible for a lot of that same bullshit. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, number two, family choices. This was a major focus of the speech, which censured de- uh, delayed marriage, abortion, and today's declining fertility rates in many nations. Don't delayed delay marriage. Delayed marriage. And is declined fertility meaning not wanting to have 15 children? No, it means that men and women are less able to have children. I think, I think generally he's speaking about women. Okay. Hmm. I don't know how in the world that's their fault in any way. It really isn't in – Sometimes I wonder if that's... God made me this way, okay, Elder? <laughs> well, like how some animals won't have as many in their, you know... Quiver? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, some species, like, like you know, <laughs> when there's too many around, they won't they won't breed as often. Yeah. Oh, or really? if there's something if genetically... The there's population, really if there's something yeah. like a population control with inside us, like, hey, for oh, some reason, right. our genetically, we're... You're hitting a competing spot where for resources competing for resources yeah. and our bodies know, so we aren't producing as much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, third, he says materialism. Too many people, Elder Cook said, focus on acquiring wealth to the neglect of the spirit. It's good to have sufficient for our needs and then stop there so we have time to take care of more important things. You know, follow the example of the church. Yeah. You know, they got to wash their five Bentleys. Mm-hmm. Those are more important things. As if Elder fucking Cook has only taken what he needs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Uh, so Jana goes on and says, here's the thing. I agree with many things that he said. More on that in a moment. But I strongly disagree with the hackneyed and counterproductive trope of casting all social change we don't like as driven by satanic influence. Mm. Agreed. Maybe that's because I'm doing exactly what he warned against, not being sensitive to the subtlety of evil. But I hope you'll hear me out. Elder Cook essentially said that people who engage in behaviors listed above are mercenaries of Satan. Really? (laughs) Mercenaries of Satan. (laughs) For starters, using the language where addiction is concerned ignores much of the best research on addiction, which is not only or even always a choice, but also a disease. But more to the point of helping this particular audience, why employ scare tactics at BYU? (laughs) As he acknowledged in his speech, those students have already signed an honor code that prohibits them from smoking and drinking. So why trot out these extreme and dramatic examples of substance abuse? Now that we are analyzing the results of the next Mormon survey, I think I have an inkling. Not all young Mormons are interpreting the, the word of wisdom as rigidly as Mormons of Elder Cook's generation. I'll write more about those findings in months to come. Well, they fucking sway whichever way the wind blows on a whole bunch of different shit. And yeah. and Mormons within the same congregation can't agree on different things. Yeah, is it true. is it a ban on caffeine? Is it a ban on cola? What about soft drinks? What about what, what about caffeine and chocolate? You can't have I mean it, I've even heard people say it's not the caffeine, it's the whatever chemical it's inside. the tannins. Tannins, yeah. 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 I'm like, what what bullshit is that? <laughs> Smelly. It's But what I suspect is happening is that the leaders of the church have access to the same kinds of data I'm seeing, and probably far more. The church has its own internal research division, which does very sophisticated social science research about members. 
The problem is that Mormon leaders seem to almost immediately jump to the language of addiction whenever speaking about behaviors they want to denounce. Whether that be pornography or is here failure to keep the word of wisdom. And in this case, Elder Cook has thrown in an anti-imprimatur of Satan to drive the point home. An anti-what? Imprimatur. 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 Hmm. Is that something that's inside the, imp- the perimeter, like it made it through the gates? Imprimatur, not Im- in perimeter. It's not premature, okay, Ryan? Oh, okay. <laughs> so he ejaculates at the right time. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Okay. The church needs to do better than this. We can't leap to the specter of fatal car crashes every time a young person asks the perfectly legitimate question of why one can of beer is wrong, especially since the word of wisdom itself encourages moderation. Elder Cook's talk does nothing to answer that question and everything to alienate any young listeners who may have, in fact, partaken. What particularly hits home for me is the discussion of the perils of delaying childbearing. We had a child at 29, then decided to wait until my husband was finished with his doctorate, and we had good health insurance before we tried again. Yeah, what's wrong with being responsible? By the time we did, we we were faced with infertility, miscarriage, and heartache. It's the greatest regret of my life. But it's categorically unfair to say we postponed having another child because we were bowing to the whims of Satan. That's absurd and incredibly insulting. If anything... It should be insulting to Jesus and Yahweh too, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a fucking weak ass fucking, yeah. I mean, why doesn't he do something to help, right? What a fucking pussy God these people worship. Well, God mm-hmm. made him infertile in the first place. Satan comes right. along and fucks up all of our plans and we can't do anything about it. Oh, shucks. Yeah. Yeah. And this is coming from one of the 12 apostles, right? There's yeah. there's only 15 people with the same or higher abilities yeah. of this guy. So nobody else has, I mean, it's just, it's fucking, it's pathetic. (laughs) If anything, we thought we were being responsible adults. Responsible adults wait until they have health insurance. Uh, were, were we evil to wait? I don't think so. I would, I would go with that. You're wrong, sister. You're totally Uh, evil because you waited. Health insurance, but being financially stable, having a good home and everything else that comes along with having to have children. Elohim, Elohim has been pumping out these spirit babies because he wanted you to birth out them little Mormon babies and you're just not doing it because you're waiting and that's very selfish. Okay. Well, Elohim should stop spirit fucking. (laughs) Right. Uh, naive, certainly. We felt healthy and invincible. So it never occurred to us that my ovaries were quickly diving off a cliff. But naivete and ignorance are hardly a sin. Our decision to delay having another child was not the work of Satan so much as the logical result of inexperience, overconfidence, and a broken healthcare system. When Mormon leaders like- I knew it! I knew it! Satan's plan is all Obama's fault! Yeah. Fucking Obama. <laughs> he really is Satan. It wasn't just that TV show. Broke our health care with the Obamacare system. And he's going to Mormon people ain't had no babies. They don't tell you what. It's fucking nonsense. <laughs> I understand- Every word of that. <laughs> when Mormon leaders lecture young people or anyone else, it would be it would be great if they could do so without suggesting that anyone who has ever strayed from their carefully delineated path is under the influence of Satan. It's just not helpful. It shuts down discussion and makes young people feel judged. They feel judged because they are being judged. Feeling mm-hmm. judged or misunderstood tied for number one in research in the reasons why millennials leave the church. Mm. In fact, while we're at it, 
Maybe all of us should stop invoking Satan to describe the behavior of anyone except ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That was good. Yeah, I thought it was good. And she's Mormon. Yeah. So. I, I actually had a talk the other day with a buddy of mine. There are some thoughtful Mormons out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he's atheist, mm-hmm. but he grew up uh, in uh, Church of England and all that kind of stuff. And in Boston, he went to uh, religious schools. And the C of E. Yeah. But uh, we were talking about Satan. And I was talking with something. He goes, goes, you're right. Satan does kind of sound like the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't kill anybody. He wanted everybody to be happy. And I'm like, and he wanted to give them all knowledge. He wanted to give them all the truth. It's like, yeah, that it's, rotten bastard. It's kind of a good point. You you brought up the, the nuns thing there, and it reminded me that when we had Tim on the show. Um, Tim Oliphant? No, Tim. Tim. Tim the Enchanter. <laughs> uh, he mentioned that he's a nun. Yeah. And I forgot to mention it last week, but I wanted to make the point that I think we do ourselves as atheists a disservice when we include nuns into the larger group of atheist, agnostic, skeptic, whatever. Because you have people like – I mean, we've seen it firsthand that just saying that you're a nun, that you're not aligned with any – Formal religious yeah. tradition does not mean that you are an atheist. I would say most nuns are like that. They're right. spiritual or, but not religious. Yeah. Or they they claim they're a nun but not a nun. But they're of the nun crowd and they N-O-N-E. think they, they are they, they are think a crystals, non-religion. Yeah. They think crystals hold magical powers and they can speak with dead beings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have all kinds of supernatural beliefs. Yeah. They're not they're not atheists. They just well, don't follow the, a I mean, mainstream religious like, view. Like Tim says he's a nun, but he still believes in a god. Yeah. Even when polled, a majority of nuns still say they have a belief in Jesus specifically. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same de- It's the same uh, percentages that you get with the general population. 70, 75% are Christian. And when you go to nuns, 70, 75% of those people are spiritual and Jesus believers. Yeah. They just they just create their own mystical, magical, yeah, and wooey I think, Jesus. And I know. think we do ourselves as as a as a, the wider atheist group of people to include the nuns in our group because then you have those nuns leaving eventually. You know, some of them may come full bore into atheism, and and that's great and awesome. But a lot of the time, you have them joining a formal religious mm-hmm. sect and so then they turn into the kirk cameron yeah, of the world that's exactly what i was going to say you yes. say oh yeah i was i was a nun i was an atheist i was an atheist all yeah. of the even the atheists were claiming me as an atheist and now i'm religious i didn't know he was I an atheist Jesus. until he claimed he wasn't an atheist yeah he he it yeah i think we need to stop saying that the nuns are part yeah. of our larger atheist community because yeah, they're put aside not, pussy <laughs> some of them, sure, some of them may be, but I think that the larger majority of them are not atheists. They still cling to a bunch of supernatural, yeah. Jesus-y, gaudy bullshit. And that's, and that's where there's also the problem where people are like, oh, yeah, I'm an atheist, but I still believe that this crystal holds a magical power. It's like, well, okay, you may be an atheist, but you ain't being very skeptical 
skeptical about this shit and you're holding some really weird supernatural views even though you might not believe it's supernatural. Well, and a lot a lot of them are just all fucking over the map, you know? And that's why they'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I really I like a lot of stuff about God and Jesus, but, you know, I can understand why, you know, Satan seems like the good guy and, you know, there's definitely good arguments for why there's no God and I kind of liked Bernie, but I also voted for Trump. What the fuck? <laughs> what do you do? Who are you? <laughs> You're not fitting into any Jesus. boxes at all. You're yeah. just no, you're out there, man. It's intentional. It, the The whole intention is to not be put in a box. They just weasel and squirm the entire time. So I'm with you. Fuck 17% of the nuns. Let's just go with people who have actually made a decision. Yeah, but the, all those nuns took a vow of celibacy, though, too, so it's hard to fuck them. Well, the mm. priests can show me how. Yeah. <laughs> we can, there's a way to get around that. <laughs> When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a Samori. Bells will ring, tingling, tingling, and the bell ring, more. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. So this is this is Dave Daubenmeyer, who who made his premiere on our episode last week. Yeah, I think he's a fuckwit talking about Lady Gaga and the Super yeah. Bowl. This oh. week he's going to be talking to us about public schools that are spiritually raping our children. Kind of continues our theme oh, with, with 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 Chappy. Yeah, Chappy Kling and shit. Yeah. Let's hear what Mr. Daubenmeyer has to say. Oh, he's taking a shit. The education of the children is paramount. The Christian education of the children is oh, paramount to education. culture. It's essential to passing our values to the next generation. Why can't we get godly people, Christians, and pastors to understand the importance of putting money not into plasma TVs and praise and worship but into the education of children i mean why aren't you putting more money into the in the, the christian education of children and he doesn't want education he wants indoctrination and he doesn't yeah. want godly people he wants christian people and he, so doesn't, he doesn't, want, doesn't even know the words he needs he's trying and to he say he wants his beliefs passed on to other generations right what's wrong with us why can't we see this this need to be able to do this why can't we because you haven't made a case. You, you don't know much. He says he doesn't know. He doesn't well, know. Oh, I, I know one reason. It's fucking illegal. <laughs> I don't know. But what's going on is the raping, the spiritual raping of children. Versus the physical raping of children yeah. that happens around Catholic schools Which is, and a bunch of is, other is religious organizations okay. all the time. Yeah, that's totally fine with Dave Dobbenmeyer. As long as, as long as they're not being spiritually raped, it's just physical, which affects well, the mental, that's all fine. You you got your physical body for, what, 80 years? You, well, we're talking about eternity here. But, but yeah, sure. but your eternal, your, your spirit body goes on forever, for mm -hmm. eternity, and you don't want to rape that one. Forever and ever and it's ever and ever It's and okay ever to rape the temporal ever body. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever forever. I so got to pull that out and auto-tune it. <laughs> <laughs>
said, whoa, coach, that's pretty harsh words. What is it? See, when we think of rape, we think of sex. You know, no, rape doesn't don't. always have to do with sex. That he raped? Yes, it does. By definition, it's... Rape is not about the sex. Yeah, I don't think rape it's sex Rape is about violence and control. And power, but, yeah. But at the same time, why does he call himself coach? He called himself coach just there. Yeah, he's probably a high school coach. Oh, That's he's, he's one of those stadium. pedophiles. He's bad guy. That's why he's got the goatee and the baseball cap. Yeah. Mm. He's a creepy coach. <laughs> coach Touchy. He has a van. I can guarantee that. <laughs> when you think of rape, you, you think of rape sex. No. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. Normal people don't. No. Rapists do, maybe. No, I don't think even rapists do. Maybe. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. I don't know either. They probably, I mean, I think to a rapist, it probably is very sexual, but the murderers, it's yeah. very sexual to them to murder a person. Yeah, too, when, you, when you think of strangulation, it's just a neck hug. <laughs> to Yes, to Ed Gein, it was. <laughs> well, he didn't strangle always had to do with sex, that he raped her. Have you ever heard of somebody coming in and say, well, that guy came in and he just raped that company. Or he came in and, man, he, he raped the foundation right out from under those people. They didn't even know it. I've what? Not What the fuck is he talking about? I think I think he had someone um, do something to his company that was not very nice. It's it's like is he talking about the col- colloquial it's like he, term? It's like yes, it's like he and Kling and shit are mistaking the words raped with ripped. They, that could be quite had often. the foundation ripped out from under them. Oh yeah, yeah. ripped that company away yeah. from him. Yeah, they we ripped them off. Yeah, right. I mean, they, they, yeah. yeah. If I you were to you switch, could... the, if you were to switch them, what they're saying would make sense. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I never heard anybody go, "Oh, he just raped the building right off from underneath them." It's like and I with, never and with heard that before. It would have been, you know, he ripped my whatever my yeah. my, my religion Christian, away from me. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it would make sense here too. It's like you know they're they're de- you know depriving them of their spiritual education. They're ripping that away from them. That but, makes sense. Yeah, but he's saying they're raping them spiritually. What? No. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't about? think they know what the word rape means. No. Yeah, right in her spiritual vagina. Whoa. <laughs> That's exactly what it meant. Right in her ghost hole. <laughs> 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 we are being we're having spiritual rape take place right in front of us. Oh well. Yeah, I and see it all the time. Don't even recognize it and are doing anything. To alter it. Oh, he's one of those that he's he's the the all the the churches are too liberal nowadays. He's got to split off. That's mm. he's one of these guys. Splatter, <laughs> people's big, front man. of Judea. <laughs> Better for you to put a millstone around your neck. I say. He keeps putting his glasses on and taking them off. Like he puts them on. Is he looking at a couple lines of text on the desk on the desk in front of him and then taking them off? I don't know. But I I just had to go look up the the actual definition of rape. That's a real creepy freeze frame, though. It is staring. He right looks at like from, a uh, fucking rapist. Uh-huh. He does get in the van. So this is the Webster Dictionary's what the a definition of rape: unlawful sexual activity. Or usually sexual intercourse carried out forcibly or under threat of injury against the will, uh, usually a female or with a person uh, who is beneath a certain age or incapable of valid consent. So, where? but where does it talk about her ghost? I'm uncomfortable with the whole female thing. Yeah, that, well, it says usually of a female. Yeah. 
And that's true. I would say rape is more typically a happening unless you're in prison. Like the number total number of total victims, number of men victims, versus women, men versus women is probably it's probably not saying men men do have to deal with rape, but it's a higher occurrence with women way versus higher. men, way higher. It's also it it it, it is possible to, to rape a male, but it's way higher for women. Hmm. Yeah, I I agree. It just it seems weird that they put that they felt compelled to put that in there. I just yeah, I don't know. It seemed weird. But that's that's the the Webster Dictionary's definition of rape. Has nothing to do with buildings and foundations. It, uh, and according to Webster, no. Spiritual beliefs. After yeah. that, it also said look up us, uh, rape, assault and statutory. Mm. Ah, that's where we're going to find the ghost stuff. Yes. Ah. The, the, rape, the soul raping stuff. Yes. And to allow your children to be taught that homosexuality is normal. It is. And that two men can get married and two women can get married. They can. To expose yeah, can. that to a six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, ten. I don't know if there's anything much more wicked. <laughs> he that- can count. What's <laughs> also six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But you want to, you want, you, you just said you're an advocate for teeting, teaching, for teeting the six-year-olds, <laughs> for teaching six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, the nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds. <laughs> you just said you're an advocate for teaching them the fucking Bible, which yeah. has rape in it. Yeah. <laughs> it has murder in it. It yeah. has all of those things. Yeah, I'm fairly certain I it has incest. I can't think of anything more wicked, sir. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, yeah. twelve. Twelve. Uh. Twelve. That's rape. That is spiritual rape. Nope. Nope, it's not. No, it is not. There's no how do you spiritually rape someone? Also, he didn't it's, make he didn't make a single case for it. He just got up there and spewed his opinion. Bunch of assertions. He, he, didn't, he didn't make an argument no, at all. He's just trying to make a statement that sounds bad. Bunches and bunches of assertions. It's, yeah, uh, I, I hate that. He's guy. trying to use a scare tactic for people that do believe in what he says. Yeah, I don't like that guy at all. Well, he thinks Jeff Sessions is going to expose PizzaGate. So yeah. fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> You're in love, and you know that you feel some To me, but you see back in old Napoli that some If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Matt has more stuff! I have a stuff. Military.com. Uh-oh. This better not be from the duffel bag. Duffel blog. Duffel blog, yeah, because that's, that's all funny. I like Duffel blog. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey Weinstein. I love that guy. I'm like, why does he sound familiar? President and founder of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. Ah, there we He's go. a badass. And he mm-hmm. is not at all shy about telling religious people to go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. Said his organization opposes displaying the posters at air combat command facilities on the installation because they're sexist, offensive, and use male-dominated and faith-based speech. The posters. Which posters is he referring to? The foundation represents 16 officers. 
non-commissioned officers and civilian clients, including nine women in its efforts to remove posters, he said. One poster, located in Building 602. Oh, I know that one. Depicts lights beaming upward where the Twin Towers once stood before the 9-11 terrorist attacks and reads, quote, Men cannot live without faith, except for brief moments of anarchy or oh. despair. Ah. I, hate, I hate seeing those posters post. I mean, yeah. Fuck everything about that. Faith leads to convictions, and convictions lead to action. Leads is, to convictions for fucking child rapists in the Catholic Church, hopefully. No convictions, no. It is only a man of deep convictions, a man of deep faith, who will make the sacrifices needed to save his manhood, close quote. Ah! The line is quoted from AF Manual 550-21, dated August 1955. Yeah. Fucking jethead. So when it says AF Manual, that means Air Force Manual. Right? As, as fuck yeah. manual. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the U.S. as fuck, man. Uh, the command, after reviewing one complaint over the posters, said officials have, quote, decided to leave the display unaltered says spokes, spokesman Major A.J. Schrag. In other words, yeah, we don't give a shit. He says, quote, the posters do not officially endorse, disapprove of, or extend preferential treatment for any faith, belief, or absence of belief, which is the standard established by regulation that would warrant action. The posters are historical. Uh, what? Oh, the ever-present history argument when there isn't a valid No, reason. they're not historical. Like, the loose lips sink ships one, that's historical. I fucking hate that argument. Yep. He says, the posters are historical. Two in a series of seven, quoting various sections of the 1955 Air Force Manual. Although we do not have a record of when the posters were first displayed, they have been there at least six years, he said. I mean, why don't they, why don't they put up, like, the proper cleaning of a P-51 Mustang, like, yeah. canopy? Instead, I don't know. I said, that oh, came from an Air Force manual. Well, six years. And what's the combined number of years served by the nine women named in the complaint? Yeah. yeah. The incident snowballed last week after a female airman. Uh, not air a, person, I think yeah, you mean. <laughs> not identified by MRFF uh, for fear of reprisal, responded to an Air Force Times article spotlighting the issue over two posters. The unnamed airwoman said, as a proud American woman and equally proud officer in the USA as fuck, those posters from the as fuck manual from the mid-1950s serve only... Did she say that? <laughs> I'm just... It just says AF, so I'm, uh, Serve only as a hurtful reminder of the second-class citizenship women had to suffer for generations prior to eventually being guaranteed equal status under the Constitution. We all swear our oaths to support and defend. Should the Air Force IG not act accordingly, Weinstein said that he and his clients are considering taking their matter to federal district court in Virginia, the National Organization for Women. <laughs> Matt missed it. The National Organization for Women has joined the MRFF in its mission to have the posters removed. Good. Good on them. I appreciate all of the shit that they're doing because it's ridiculous yeah. to me that our military is seen as an extension of a religious organization. Yeah. That's yeah. bullshit. And it's why it's what fuels so much hatred in the Middle East for America and our military. I know. That it's that it's viewed as this religious arm of the US government who is there to put down Muslims yeah, and people of, of other faiths. They're yeah. Crusading. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the Crusades. Armed militarily by the United States. Yeah, and even though I'm no longer in the military, I still do work with the military on an army installation. So there's plenty of military occasions I have to attend 
while on base. And whenever they have a ceremony, there's always that prayer before the ceremony. The invocation. That the, yeah, that the chaplain comes up and gives, no matter what it is. And they would say, bow your heads. I don't bow my head. I just get to look around and find out who here else here is a fucking atheist. <laughs> That's you? my favorite thing you? in family okay, gatherings. You? Because <laughs> I swear, I, maybe it's just in my head to do it, or I just do it out of spite. When they say to bow your head, I lift my head higher. Yeah. Stand up a little straighter. Yeah. Be like, as a, as a defiant, fuck you. Yeah, not me. I ain't taking part in this prayer. You're not my dad. Right. <laughs> Even when I was in the military, well, in the military, I was a little more hesitant to to bow my head. Yeah. Well, I was I was hesitant to bow my head, but I wasn't very good at lifting my head up higher. I would just kind of do a short like, okay, they're all they're not looking anymore because all their heads are down. <laughs> now is the time when I can murder people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can murder them as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was in the Air Force when I was active duty. Oh. So oh. it's at the ass fuck. Yeah, he ranch. was in the U.S. as fuck. Right, yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't have any time tonight to get to a bunch of feedback that we have received from our listeners. I apologize for that. We should have managed our time a little better, possibly. But yes. hopefully you all enjoyed the content that you received this week. There was so much to cover this and week. There's so much we didn't get to cover know, yeah. even because we there's so much going on. I oh, thought, I know. But I thought it was very, very important that everybody know what's going on with our government. It's something that affects everybody that is listening to this show whether you're in the united states or not whether you're an expat or not whether you live in a different country whether you're not a citizen of the united states i know we have a lot of listeners in other countries uh because when the u.s decides to go to war they're going to take over your country to build bases in what the the people that we keep company with and the people we choose to call allies are very very important yeah yeah and if if one of the people that our current administration is seeking to call an ally is a murderous fucking asshole, we all it's, need to be aware of this. Mm-hmm. So we will get to listener feedback next week. Uh, there's been quite a bit that we haven't gotten to over the last few episodes. So we will be sure to do that next week. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank yeah. you all for everybody who has rated the show, who has shared the show with your friends, uh, to our patrons, to all of the listeners out there. If you can't afford to become a Patreon patron, sharing the show with those who you think may like it or who you may want to share our points of view with would be awesome. Rating the show is certainly very, very helpful to Rape us. The show. We appreciate everybody who is able to do that as well. Uh, thank you all just so much. The, your, your support has been fairly overwhelming. Like I, I see mm-hmm, new patrons yeah. signing up and I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> I feel validated. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. When we, you. whenever we receive any kind of feedback, I feel that way. Like, yeah. Hey, there's people out there who are listening to us rant in my studio here it, that think it's pretty cool. And it, that's it's, awesome. It's always really nice when people are like, thank you for doing this. You know, you're, you know, help me out or, you know. Yeah, we've received a lot of that stuff lately. Just it's, just a thank you to us for doing what we love to do. And it's like, no, thank you for listening, listening. because it is it, it does. It gives me the warm fuzzies. Yeah. So thank you all very, mu- very, very much for doing all And it really doesn't feel like work <laughs> at all. It's, just a, it's fun to do. Work-o. And I may have talk a little wacko. Work-o-wacko. 
But you're the most eloquent one. Thank you for my <laughs> noticing of the words I can eloquently speak. Mm -hmm. from, from my mouth hole. From the hole in the front of my face. I know there's three, but only one has words coming out. No, there, there are at least four in the front of your face. One, two, three. What are you looking at me through? Those aren't holes. They're eyes. <laughs> uh... I guess it depends. What what is? I guess it depends on what the defi definition of hole is. Something you can pass something through. Like I can put my finger in my nose or my finger in my mouth. If I put my finger I can in put my, my eye, finger in your eye, yeah, it's yeah, gonna dude. fucking hurt. It hurt if I stuck my finger in your nose. I would. Well, think. depends on how far you stick it in there. <laughs> I think I think it's a hole, but it's like it's, it's loosely filled. Yeah, it's got a. If you take out the piece in the with front, the gelatinous material. I mean, if you if you poke an eye, it it, it oozes like gook comes out we're getting so far off track right now have we ever <laughs> been on track <laughs> anyway thank you all very much for tuning in we will talk to you next week have have a great week uh re resist do you guys remember that john oliver episode where he's talking wait about we're doing sign-offs yeah this is my sign-off oh <laughs> where he was talking about <laughs> when when they were asking trump about all this bullshit and he's like like they were asking him to verify stuff and he's like, well, I heard it on the radio. What am I supposed to do or whatever? And John Oliver's like, what the, what a, what a weird way to explain stuff. And he's like, here, have this sandwich. And they're like, well, is it any good? I found it in a hole. <laughs> like, well, how do I know? It's like, well, if it wasn't good, why would I have found it in a hole? <laughs> he's anyway, got a point. That whole conversation. Oh, I know. Yeah. That whole conversation. That hey. entire conversation. <laughs> So now your sign up should be founded in a hole. Found it in a hole. Founded. I was I was founded in a hole in 1982. <laughs> That's not far from the truth. Were you, were you founded in a hole in 82, or were you founded in a hole in 81? And Bowman yeah, the, in yeah, definitely 81. Because I was. I'm only 26 days into 82. Yeah. There you founded, go. Founded in, in a hole, hole in 81. 81. Nice. Where's my pen? <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Found it in a hole in 81. Is that right? It's close. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Latino and immigrant community held a uh, walkout in Milwaukee. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Are you bullshitting Monday. me? No, I'm serious. They're having a march in March, and now they're doing a walkout in Milwaukee. And in this case, Elder Cook has thrown uh, in an amp, uh, an anti. An antidote. Hey, Macarena. Tamayoya Kawakita. I think you nailed that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like our new microphones. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a good Doppler effect. Uh, uh, They're going to fucking hate you so bad. <laughs> and they've turned the show off. <laughs>